This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 563, Hormones, Stress, and Weight Loss, by Dr. Monali Y. Desai of ifwewerefamily.com. And I'm Dr. Neil Malik, your narrator of blogs covering health and fitness. I read to you from some of the most popular blogs out there, with permission from the authors, of course. And then on Fridays, I answer your questions. Now, before we get to today's post, I wanted to let you know, my brother's show hit 1,000 episodes on Thursday. And since then, he's been having guests come on the show, take it over completely, and do whatever they want to help you optimize your life. It's a very special set of episodes, and it's going on right now. You can check that out by listening to Optimal Living Daily. I'll give you another quick reminder at the end. So for now, let's get right to another post and continue optimizing your life. Hormones, Stress, and Weight Loss by Dr. Monali Y. Desai of ifwewerefamily.com. One of the times I used to eat a lot of sugary food is when I was stressed out. If you think stress eating helps you feel better, that could be because of your hormonal response to stress. This is for multiple reasons. I'm gonna focus on the hormone cortisol specifically. Your cortisol levels when you're stressed out. When you're stressed out, your cortisol levels rise. This is part of the flight or fight response you may have heard of before. This is a helpful response when a lion is trying to eat you, but less helpful when you're in a less urgent stressful situation like your boss is being irrational. The increase in cortisol levels will lead to an increase in your blood sugar levels. Some studies show that eating fatty and sugary foods does seem to tone down the response your body has to stress. This could be why it's your go-to option when you're stressed out. It's important to realize this because you may think your stress eating has something to do with self-control or discipline, but actually, it may have to do with your body's normal response to stress. Dealing with this instead may help you better manage your stress eating and help you lose weight. This advice is based on the assumption that you don't have any medical problems that affect your cortisol levels. This includes sleep problems, which can throw off your cortisol levels. If you do have sleep problems, you should address this with your doctor or a sleep doctor first. What can you do about your body's response to stress? The obvious thing to do is stop doing the thing that makes you stressed out in the first place. However, this frequently isn't feasible if it's something like your job that's making you stressed out. Ironically, your job may pay for the stress eating that your job is causing. The next thing to look at is what you can do to try and stabilize your cortisol stress response so that you don't start stress eating. The medical studies on this are limited but I'm gonna talk about a few possible options. Can you eat anything to decrease your stress cortisol levels? In my research, the best options to consider trying are eating a small piece of dark chocolate daily or drinking a cup of black tea every day to try to decrease your cortisol stress response when you're under stress later in the day. The medical data on this is not very strong. You could try it for one month and see if it works to decrease how stressed out you feel. If it doesn't work after a month, move on to something else. If you're already stressed out, you should try not to stress eat. But if you do, it's better if you stress eat low glycemic index carbs or low fat protein. This is because being stressed out will increase your blood sugar levels. And if you eat sugary foods on top of that, it can cause you to gain weight. In addition, long-term, it can lead to problems with your blood sugar or your blood glucose and insulin regulation. If you're stress eating sugary foods regularly, it will make it harder for you to lose weight long-term too, even once you stop stress eating sugary foods. 
exercise, and the type of exercise you do. Exercise is generally thought to decrease stress levels for a variety of reasons. Exercise will initially increase your cortisol levels, but long-term, regular exercise will help keep your cortisol levels lower later in the day and at night. So, exercise can help you feel less stressed out throughout the day, and that can help make you less likely to stress eat. One thing to consider is that the type of exercise you do may make a difference. If you started exercising, but don't feel like it's helping you feel less stressed out, consider testing out different types of exercises. Some studies show that different intensity exercises, low versus medium versus high, will have different effects on your cortisol levels. Changing the intensity of your exercise may help you get less stressed out and help prevent you from stress eating. Meditation and mindful thinking. Meditation and mindful thinking can also potentially help decrease your cortisol stress response and cortisol levels. Learning how to meditate can take a while, but it'll be worth it. You'll need to make it a routine so that eventually you practice mindful thinking automatically when you're in stressful situations. If you've never meditated before, you can try learning by using apps like Calm and Headspace. I personally use both of them. Another great way to get into mindful thinking is starting with yoga classes first. Start with more of a flow or vinyasa type of yoga, which has mindful thinking built into it. You just listened to the post titled Hormones, Stress, and Weight Loss by Dr. Monali Y. Desai of ifwewerefamily.com. As I was reading this post to you, did you feel more and more stressed out about your own stress levels? I apologize. I know that's how it works. Stress is one of those things where it quickly becomes a downward spiral. You're stressed out, but then you realize you're stressed out, which makes you more stressed, which then may make you stress eat, which may then make you not exercise. Stress is one of those magical things that just brings you down further and further. So the trick is to break that cycle somewhere. Some really good data have been published looking at the power of distracting yourself. I've talked about this on the show before, but one of the most powerful things you can do is if you're ready to go stress eat and you're gonna reach for that candy bar or that chocolate chip cookie or that bowl of ice cream, you name it. If you can quickly catch yourself and distract yourself with something that tends to calm you or make you feel better in some way, then likely the craving will pass. Well, first, let me go on a quick tangent about why is it always chocolate chip cookies or ice cream or mac and cheese or mashed potatoes? Why are those foods always the comfort foods? It's never a salad or a piece of fruit that brings us comfort. Well, actually, Dr. Desai alluded to this idea earlier in the post. High-carb, high-fat foods tend to make us feel good they tend to make us feel calm. But a piece of fruit or a salad doesn't have that same level of simple sugar and fat. And so we don't get the same dopamine release in our brains that we would get from, again, ice cream, chocolate cake, popsicles, you name it. So that's why we often turn to those types of foods when we're stressed. So what can we do about it? Again, one of the easiest things you can do is distract yourself. If you find yourself reaching for one of those not-so-great foods that you know it's going to sabotage you, then whip out your cell phone, play a game of Tetris, play a game of Solitaire, send that person that you've been meaning to reach out to for a while, send them a quick text. If you can distract yourself for between 5 to 10 minutes, that's usually the amount of time it takes, chances are the craving will pass. And the beauty of that little tiny habit is 
you will feel much better about yourself because you didn't end up reaching for that not-so-great snack, and that will hopefully help you break out of that stress cycle. Again, five or 10 minutes of distracting yourself, that may be all it takes. All right, before I go, a quick reminder. My brother's show, Optimal Living Daily, is right in the middle of celebrating 1,000 episodes of that show. For most of this week and some of last week, you can hear some authors and influencers take over the show and do whatever they want. So be sure you check that out. That's the Optimal Living Daily podcast. All right, I hope you're having a great week. Thank you as always for listening. I'll be back here tomorrow with a post from Healthline. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this show and Optimal Living Daily, the brother podcast of this one. Literally, I'm Dr. Neil's brother. If you like the format of this show, you'll love Optimal Living Daily too, where I also read to you from blogs, but cover other topics like personal development, finance, and minimalism from bloggers like Derek Sivers, The Minimalists, Zen Habits, and many more. So for more amazing content read to you for free, come subscribe to Optimal Living Daily too, and together we'll optimize your life. You've been listening to Optimal Health Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us and remember your optimal life awaits.